Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. President Trump didn't want to virtually debate Biden in a safe way, and he wasn't willing or able to come up with a negative COVID test, so... The debate was delayed. We thought that was going to be the end of it. Hardly. And what we are seeing in real time tonight really may be the most stark contrast I've ever seen between two candidates. So Trump finagled himself a counter-programming slot on a competing network to Biden's town hall tonight. Biden would be on ABC. He was on NBC. That caused a lot of controversy. But now that I got to see it, I have to tell you, In a way, this may have been better for you. There is no question that seeing two candidates together is better as a basis of comparison than having to make choices about which one to watch in isolation. However, if you watched any of the president, it is so incredibly concentrated as a version of bad answers on major points of division. You can't fail to see that this man is trying to divide this country on as many fault lines as he can. So I'm going to bring in the top tier political and health brains to size up what was going on in this mother load of material that we have for you tonight. Now, Trump did not go to state TV to do this, and that was his mistake. He went to NBC, his former apprentice home, and he actually got asked some important questions. And yeah, he's good at slapping them to the side, but Even being evasive, what he chooses to be evasive on, what he chooses to try to sell you he doesn't know, so he can't answer, is so obvious in its deception and in its malignant intent. For instance, when was his last negative COVID test? Was he tested the day of the first presidential debate? Probably, I don't know, I don't remember, he says. And you want to paint Biden as demented? You can't remember your last negative test? You can't remember if you took a test on the debate? Really? And you're competent to be president? Are you sure you're better from COVID? A million different non-answers. And no, not in the ordinary politician way. There is no savvy. There is no spin. It's just grotesque denial and deception. Again, I don't see any winners in dueling town halls tonight, okay? You were supposed to see the candidates together, all right? And in that way, the voters are the biggest losers, 19 days out, forced to toggle between channels. So what we did is we watched them both at the same time to figure out where we can kind of match up answers for you, at least uh, in terms of the material for our panelists. So you'll get that basis of comparison at least. OK, but what's happening tonight, be very clear, is a metaphor for where we are. We are in different channels. We are a country that is divided in a way that not only do we believe the other side is wrong, but we are deaf to them literally tonight. And figuratively, almost every day, you literally can't hear the other side. 
And it's a mistake. Trump's town hall is over. Biden's town hall is still underway. So let's get to the highlights, lowlights of Trump's event. Let's start with Jim Acosta. Jim, the president, I would say, I don't want to give him the credit of adding to the confusion, but he exposed the delusion of ignorance over his contraction of COVID. Uh, Set up the circumstance for us and what stands out to you. Yeah, Chris, I mean, I think this was uh, a night where the voters were cheated. Uh, They could have been watching a presidential debate and said they got two different town halls, as you just laid out perfectly a few moments ago. And I think the president was essentially a busted fire hydrant of evasions and, and falsehoods. On, on the issue of when his last negative COVID test was, he simply refused to answer the question. It's obviously a, a question that's pretty simple to answer, uh, but he just didn't want to answer it. And one of the reasons why people want an answer to this question is obviously it's still hanging out there. Did the president not take a coronavirus test on the night of that presidential debate with Joe Biden? Uh, president Trump just would not answer that question. And here's how that played out. Did you test the day afterwards. of the debate? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember. I test all the time. You say you don't know if you got a test on the day of the debate? I have no problem. Again, the doctors do it. I don't ask them. I, I test all the time. And they, Did you take a test, though, you, on the day you know, of the debate? You know, if you ask the doctor, they'll give you a perfect answer. Yeah. But they take a test, and I leave, and I go about so my you, business. Did you take a test on the day of the debate, I guess, uh, is the I bottom line? I probably did, and I took a test the day before and the day before, and I was always in great shape. So not only, uh, Chris, did he not answer that question, he did not answer specific questions about Roe versus Wade, health care, his taxes, and so on. And so in many ways, this was a missed opportunity for the voters all night long because they really didn't hear the president get pinned down on much of anything, even though the, the host, uh, Savannah Guthrie, tried mightily. And on the issue of QAnon, I mean, I think that's a huge case in point, Chris, throwing it back to you. Uh, he simply just did not want to deal with that question. Well, look, let's take it apart a little bit. One. If he had good information about negative tests, he'd offer it. The privacy ruse is exposed by the fact that they only give convenient information. If something is private, you don't give any information. So they give us when he was positive. They give us now that he's negative because you need to hear that. But they won't give you the other information because it's not good for them. Any other conclusion is irrational in the absence of any other proof. One, two, mistake a lot of us make. When you are interviewing Trump, you can't move on. You have to stay frustratingly, uncomfortably on one topic. I've seen you do this in press conferences. uh, It makes you controversial. Don't I know it. But you cannot let it go when he is saying something that's not true. You have to stay right there. Like with the bin Laden stuff, you say you don't know QAnon. You have to. Because we all know that you were told when you retweeted it today by your people what you had done and why you had done it and what it would mean. And you have to know what it is because you're the president of the United States and you got talked to about this all the time. You can't be that dumb. So you think it's okay? I don't know. I don't know what they're good with. Are you okay with the idea that Osama bin Laden wasn't killed? Are you okay with that? He would probably say one of two things. No, I believe he was killed. Well, then why did you retweet it? Problem for him. Two. I don't know, which, as we both know, he may well say, I don't know. I don't know what I can trust. Either way, staying on it, as uncomfortable as it is, and we've both been in those situations, you've got the control room in your ear telling you to move on, you've got other people, it's about the people, it's not about you, you can't do that with Trump. All respect to Savannah Guthrie and her success, it's not about her, we all make the same mistake. With this particular political animal, you can't move on. Now, third, 
He always That's says right. he doesn't know about something, Jim, when he doesn't want to talk about it. With white supremacy. Which group? Which group? Where, 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 which one you want me to talk about? Proud Boys? I, I don't really know him. David Duke. David Duke, who? I, I, I don't know him. I don't know the guy. You know, I don't know where you grew up, but that was a very common device in Queens, where we grew up, you know? Where were you the other night? Were you with Lewis when Lewis... Lou, I don't know a Lewis. I don't know. You know, that's like I heard that on the street corner like a hundred times when somebody was riding someone else's bicycle. He has to know who QAnon yeah. is. So what did that situation speak to to you? Why would he feign ignorance of an obvious? And, and, and Chris, I think that might be the headline of the night. I mean, obviously, the president knows what QAnon is. There are QAnon supporters who go to his rallies all the time. We, I, I go to his rallies, and we see the QAnon supporters who are there. Uh, they, they put out those catchphrases uh, to one another as they're walking into these rally venues and so on. And so when Savannah Guthrie tried to press the president on QAnon and would he disavow it, she gave him multiple opportunities. He had chance after chance after chance to do it, to denounce QAnon, and he simply did not do it. And here's how that played out. Let me ask you about QAnon. It is this theory that uh, Democrats are a satanic pedophile ring and that you are the savior of that. Now, can you just once and for all state that that is completely not true so and disavow QAnon yeah. in its entirety? I know nothing about QAnon. I just told I you. I know very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. I hate to say that. I know nothing about it. I do know they are very much against uh, pedophilia. They fight it very hard. But I know nothing they about it. They believe it, it is if a you'd satanic like me call to run by the deep state. This, let me just tell you, what I do hear about it is they are very strongly against pedophilia. And I agree with that. I mean, I do agree okay. with that. And I agree but with it But there's not a strongly. satanic uh, pedophile call. I have call no idea. I know nothing about that. You don't know that? Them. Okay. No, I don't know you that. You just and this and week. do you know that. Okay. So the president says he doesn't know anything about QAnon, and then he says, well, he thinks it's about pedophilia. It can't be both of those things, Chris. And, and finally, you were talking about this uh, retweet that he uh, put out there earlier uh, over the last 24 hours, uh, lending credence to this crazy conspiracy theory that Osama bin Laden is still alive. When you're president of the United States, you simply don't do that. You don't retweet crazy conspiracy theory tweets. And so it, it sort of, that, I think that encapsulated the night for me, Chris, because it felt like uh, tonight was one hour of four years of the Trump presidency, lies, conspiracies, uh, and nonsense. Uh, that's a good title for a special. Jim Acosta, thank you very much. Appreciate the reporting. Let's bring in uh, the big brains, the chief doctor, Sanjay Gupta, Dana Bash, David Chalian, and Michael Smirkanish. It's good to have you all. Thank you very much. Uh, important night, Dana. Um, look, we all know, again, the device of, I don't know anything about it, but First of all, he's dead wrong about QAnon being against pedophilia. What they're against is Catholics. Uh, and they have decided that pedophilia is a cabal run by the Democrats. So mm -hmm. they, they have zero virtue factor. How likely is it, Dana, that he is completely ignorant to what he was discussing? You know this, Chris, because you've interviewed him, as have I. It's been a while, but we both have. And the, the great thing about interviewing Donald Trump is that he answers the questions. And when he doesn't answer the questions, it's because he doesn't want to answer the questions. And that's where I don't know comes from. I mean, of course he knows. Of course he knows what, what QAnon is. And the fact that he knew enough to say it was about pedophilia, but as you say, got it completely wrong, that they're not against pedophilia. They create conspiracies that pretend that 
people who are in power who don't necessarily like the president are part of pedophilia rings. I mean, and it goes on and on and on from there. So, yes, he knows. Yes, he is familiar with it. Yes, he retweets uh, QAnon-related conspiracy ideas. And the fact that Savannah wouldn't let it go, uh, you know what? Good for her, because he rarely gets, as you mentioned earlier, uh, tough questions other than uh, he doesn't really do interviews other than what you called state TV. Yeah. And look, again, we've we've been in this situation, both of us, many times. You know, you want to move on. You want to spread the ball. You want to get in the people. You can't do it with Trump Mm -mm. because you will wind up allowing him to end on a deception. Um, Sanjay, Chris Wallace said the plane showed up late to the debate, so there wasn't time for a test. Mm -hmm. So it was on the honor system. The president said, well, look, well, I didn't have to wear a mask tonight because we both took tests. They won't confirm that he had a negative test the day of the debate. They say, well, privacy. Does that make any sense to you when they have given us other test results that are advantageous to the president for people to know? No, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and, and there's a couple points. One is, first of all, it is a knowable answer. I mean, it is known. It's not like we have to go check records. It's very clearly uh, documented somewhere when the president last had a negative test. But I think the the, the more salient point, Chris, that you're that you're making is that this is a contagious virus. I mean, it's it's a very contagious virus. So the reason you get tested, obviously, you want the person to know so they can isolate themselves so that they don't spread it to other people. And that's why that that you know that testing system was in place. Now I will say, you know, I really uh, reviewed the Cleveland Clinic protocol. It was pretty porous. I mean, it was an honor system. You could take whatever kind of test you wanted. It could be a, a PCR test or it could be an antigen mm-hmm. test, any sort of authorized test. Uh, some of them have pretty high false negative rates, as you know. And you just had to basically say you had it. I mean, there was no, you know, they didn't go back and specifically ask for the documentation. So it really was truly an honor system. And today, he, he basically still is not answering the question. We don't know that he was negative for certain uh, at that debate. It sounds like he, he says he was, but he didn't really still answer that question. David. Uh, did Trump win tonight just by having us talking about him right now and not talking about Biden? Or is the fact that we're talking to him in an exposing way about such deficiencies make it a net negative? Listen, I think tonight was a really missed opportunity for uh, the president, Chris. Tell me, describe to me, who was the voter he added? Uh, He's the candidate behind in this race. Who was the voter he added tonight when the headline is, uh, QAnon, once again, uh, you know, all over the map on that, not discrediting, discrediting it entirely. This notion that he can just retweet things that have no basis, in fact, to uh, give conversation out there to the people uh, that they should be able to talk about it. He's the president of the United States. Mm. He's behind in this race. And there is there are very few opportunities left with this kind of tune in factor for him to actually uh, add to his coalition now. I mean, we're we're past the 10% mark of people having already cast ballots. Each day is such is such an important time frame for him right now. This was a golden platform for him, and I just think he threw it away because uh, I, I he did not take the issue coronavirus head on and, and try to assuage the American people or paint a better path forward. He didn't do that. Mm-hmm. No, he he was traveling around in conspiracy theory land. And uh, and to me, when that's the headline emerging from this, I don't know 
why he spent the time doing the town hall. I got a question for Michael, but just to remind you guys, this is Cuomo primetime. I'm all about crosstalk. You never have to wait for a question here. <laughs> you want to say something, say it. Uh, I love the free-for-all in terms of an exchange of ideas. I love when people, uh, that's what makes you guys so great, is your ability to build off one another. Michael, um, the bin Laden thing, at a minimum, means the president is okay leaving it up to you to decide whether or not we killed bin Laden, even though he is the commander-in-chief. That's the best-case scenario by his own reckoning. Who does that get to go out to the polls for him tonight? Can I dodge your question and respond <laughs> to David Chalian instead? Yes. So I, I understand what David said. <laughs> See, all you have to do is ask. Logically, That's the genius. <laughs> logically, you would think it's a night where he's seeking to do some addition. But that's never been the way that he's governed, and it's mm -hmm. never been the way that he's run mm -hmm. this campaign. It's not about addition in their mind. It's about motivation. And so much of that which gets criticized here that he said, oddly, I think to the president's way of thinking, is motivating. I, I don't know what the reaction will be, but my hunch is in Trump land, the reaction will be the dichotomy between the type of questioning that the pre president faced from Savannah Guthrie mm -hmm. and the sort of questioning that Joe Biden, Vice President Biden, was facing from George Stephanopoulos, like everybody else. I've been sitting here with a clicker tonight going back and forth. And but Michael, I'll give you a concrete it example. It's, it's, it's the elephant in the room. Answer so let me question. just address it. Why, hold on a second. I, well, hold I, on, don't Michael. Think, Michael. I don't think, Michael. I don't think that Joe Biden, I don't think that Joe Biden is, is benefited from not being questioned about that New York Post story and Facebook and Twitter. He's prepared to deal with it, but when it's not raised, all that does is fuel Trump land saying, look at that, right. they won't mm -hmm. even ask him but that question. Michael, Michael, two things. One, uh, you gotta make sure that you know the reporting before you hit somebody with it, because if you're wrong on your premise, that's bad journalism. Um, two, my, David made a good point. If your theory is correct, then he should have done it with Fox. So, David, why would that be the smarter place based on Michael's well, own assertion saying, I, about well, what balance would be? Michael has the right theory of the case for how Donald Trump wins this election still, yes. which is there's no doubt that is his path is finding more uh, Trump minded, uh, specifically white, non-college educated folks who didn't show up right. in 16, who didn't show up in 18 and, and turn them out. But they're not watching. An, I mean, they might be watching the president, but mm -hmm. going on NBC is a moment for him. You do that if you're in the business of addition. And I agree with Michael. And that has not been the governing mission at all for three and a half years of Donald Trump. And, and by the way, I think it's why he's behind in this race. Sorry, Dana, go ahead. No, 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 I know. And I agree. And look, I was in uh, Michael's home state of Pennsylvania, the other side of the state in Southwest PA, uh, talking to people. And those voters do exist. The voters that didn't, that like Donald Trump, didn't vote before and will go out and vote for him again. It's an open question about whether there's enough of them. But I want to add a data point that flies in the face of this whole idea that he's continuing to only speak to his base. Now, I know, obviously, with him not denouncing QAnon, it's, it's hard to make an argument otherwise, but he didn't answer the question about whether he wants to overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, that, for a Donald Trump looking only at his base, should have been a slam dunk. But this is a Donald Trump looking at a chasm between himself and, uh, and Joe Biden with female voters right now, mm. as, vote, as people are voting. And the fact that he didn't want to go there uh, is very telling about where he sees things, not just with the people who have already voted, but the internal polling that he's seeing. To Dana's point, he also said tonight several times, we should be on the same side, uh, especially around health care. 
that's new talk for him. And he, he still bashed Pelosi in the deal making. By the way, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about what Biden was saying. I think I think not getting a deal for Democrats right now, even a partial one, is something we got to talk about. Um, what Michael brought up about what Biden should be answering for, we also have to talk about, especially about court packing. I, I don't know why people are saying that that's a, a distraction. It's a distraction because they won't answer it. Um, but to Dana's point, he said we should be on the same side. He wouldn't answer about Roe v. Wade. And he said, I promise we'll always protect their pre-existing conditions, even though they're in court right now <laughs> trying to end pre-existing conditions. But good point, Dana, as always. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and talk Biden. Michael, I'll start with you. Sanjay, I'll get you in there in terms of points of contrast on COVID, because both guys really quiet on better plans for the next six months. And we got to talk about that next. Trump is done. Joe Biden's town hall is still going, and he, too, is making headlines and giving some answers that will demand our scrutiny. Let's go to Arlette Signs in Philadelphia. Arlette. Well, Chris, Joe Biden is still in his 90-minute town hall that has really been heavily policy-focused. Biden has received some pointed questions about past statements and also support for past policies. But one of the most noteworthy moments came tonight when Biden offered his clearest answer yet when it came to the issue of court packing. That is a question that he has deflected for weeks. Take a listen to what he had to say tonight. I'm not a fan. I don't say it depends on how this turns out. I'm open to considering what happens from that point on. You know, you said so many times during the campaign, all through the course of your career, it's important to level. With it the is. American but George, people. if I if I say no matter what answer I gave you, if I say it, that's the headline tomorrow. It won't be about what's going on now, the improper way they're proceeding. But don't voters have a right to know where you they stand? They do have a right to know where I stand. They'll have a right to know where I stand before they vote. So you'll come out with a clear position before Election Day? Yes. Now, that's a bit of a shift. Biden had previously said that voters would know his position the day after the election. So a bit of news that he made there. Biden also, again, trying to present that contrast with the president on his handling of the coronavirus vac- uh, coronavirus pandemic. And when he was asked about a vaccine, asked whether it sh- there should be consideration about making a vaccine mandatory, he said that that is something that should be talked about, but acknowledged that it would be very difficult to enforce, saying that a lot of these things have to happen through the state level. Now, Biden was also asked about his previous work in support of that 1994 crime bill. And during a discussion about the uh, many people after uh, these crime bills from the 1980s and 1990s, uh, many people being jailed for minor drug offenses, Biden was asked if that was a mistake. He said yes. His campaign is saying that he was referring to the 1986 crime bill, not the 1994 crime bill. So that's something that will need to be sorted out. But this is a very heavily a policy-focused town hall. You know, Biden uh, didn't really spend that much time going after President Trump directly. Instead, he is laying out what his agenda is, really offering this contrast without the president even being on that stage. Chris. Mm. Arlette, thank you very much. No question. Joe Biden says things uh, where he makes mistakes at a minimum. The good news for him is they're getting called out by a complete gaffe machine in our current president, President Trump. Let's bring back the panel here. Um, Now, Michael, we have unfinished business in terms of whether or not uh, what Trump was doing tonight makes sense uh, in terms of strategy, let alone value to people. But let's spend a little love time uh, on Biden here and what he did. Dana, help me understand this. I come to you often uh, for advice about how to be my best self. 
I don't get the criticism that I am asking a distraction question when I push the Democrats on court packing. Their whole pitch is that they will be more straight than Trump is. That answer that he just gave, I don't mm -hmm. even understand. I don't know. I'm not in favor of it. I got to see what happens here. The people deserve to know my position and I'll let them know before the election. Why not it's, just say yes or it's no? Not, it's not a distraction question. It's a real question based on a real movement inside the Democratic Party to change the number of seats, to expand the number of seats on the Supreme Court in order to get more democratically like-minded judges, if you will, or a democratic uh, president to appoint more judges. Mm. I mean, that is a fact. That is out there. The, the uh, former vice president knows that. He's trying to avoid answering that because if he says, yes, I'm for it, it will really make people who are, you know, kind mm -hmm. of inclined to traditionally vote for Republicans but don't like Donald Trump maybe think twice about Biden. If he says, or if he says no, that he's going to piss off the uh, progressives and the opposite of what, what I just said about uh, about independence. But the thing is, is that when he says, I'm going to wait until, uh, you know, before Election Day, as David Chalian reminds us every day, Election Day is right now in many, many yeah. states. Millions of people have voted. So that's not going to cut it with them. That answer is trumpery by definition. That has nothing to do with Trump's name. Look it up. It's a real word. Michael, <laughs> um, but isn't this an example of why Trump screwed up and should have been on the stage with Biden? Because imagine how you expose well, no that doubt. kind of answer. No doubt it would have been in the president's best interest and the country's best interest to see them together. The, the idea that America is clicking back and forth tonight, I think, is, is sad. Look, that answer from the vice president is illogical because it could apply, that standard could apply to any hot button issue. Yes. Oh, if I answer you, that's going to become the issue. Well, that's the nature of public service. But the bigger point is this, it's all in keeping with the Hippocratic oath nature of the vice president's campaign. They're comfortably ahead and all they want to do is no harm from now until the election. I knew the minute that Trump turned down the virtual debate opportunity that the vice president would fill his dance card and not be on the same stage with him because they want to limit any exposure they have and just ride this out. How big a deal, David? is the hamana 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 on court packing uh, headline for headline versus, yeah, I want you guys to decide, the president says, whether or not we killed Obama, whether or not uh, these SEAL team guys are uh, heroes or shills. Right. As you said, it's not sort of an equal weight uh, kind of a thing here, but I just, it is befuddling to me how much time Joe Biden has spent on uh, saying he doesn't right. want to talk about court packing. I, it, 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 it's just an inordinate amount of time uh, that, that could be spent elsewhere. Politically, I'm not even sure um, that he would take on so much damage from the mm. left wing of his party if he came out against this plan that would be somehow so damaging. I mean, one of the big stories of 2020, Chris, is that the real divisions that exist inside the Democratic Party, which we saw play out uh, in the sort of halted Democratic nomination race uh, that, that sort of wound down very quickly back in March, they're real. There are real divisions inside the party. And there's no doubt that there is real power in the left wing. But they've, they have papered over all of that because of the antipathy towards Trump. The entire party is so focused on the mission of getting rid of Trump 
You think Joe so? Biden's saying he's not a fan of court packing. In the past, he said Democrats would rue the day. Um, he's clearly signaling where he is on this. And I just don't know if the calculation is right that he would take on so much heat from the left to really cause himself a political problem. I, I think you're probably right, David. The, the thing that I'm hearing from people around Joe Biden, as I'm sure you are, is they just don't want to risk it especially right now. They don't want to risk it. They feel that they've got um, the wind at their back. They're doing well. And why say something that is It makes them sound gonna... like Trump. It makes them sound like everything we hate about politicians. You're not answering a question a that politician. you clearly have an answer to. <laughs> it is an inauthentic moment. There's better. no doubt about it for a guy who sells himself <clears throat> as Mr. Authenticity. Yeah, you're supposed to be better. Now, Sanjay, something else neither guy had a good answer for tonight. How are we going to do things better in the next block of time. Harder for Trump because he's this on this double down strategy that the pandemic's not a big deal. But Biden doesn't pop off with answers either about what to do. And the only thing that really becomes a button is something that's more definite to discuss, like vaccines. And he says, I don't know that you can enforce mm-hmm. uh, a forced vaccine. It's a state issue. Let me play that sound because, you know, a lot of people <laughs> watching tonight, their main concern in their life is the pandemic and what it means to them. So listen to this. If it's effective, will you mandate its use? The answer is, depending on how clear there's vaccines, they say, have a very positive impact and they're going to affect positively 85% of the American public. Or there's others say this vaccine is really the key. This is, this is, this is the golden key. It depends on the state of the nature of the vaccine, when it comes out, and how it's being distributed. That would depend on, but I would think that we should be talking about, depending on the continuation of the spread of the virus, we should be thinking about making it mandatory. How could you inf- What'd you get? Well, it's interesting because he's obviously trying to walk that line. I mean, he's, he's talked about the fact that uh, he wouldn't take a vaccine if it was Trump who endorsed it, uh, but he would take it if the scientists endorse it. So he's drawing these lines and he's, and he's walking the line on the mandatory uh, whether or not a vaccine should be mandatory as well. So should it? It, no surprise. I mean, you know, I, I think, well, I, I think probably not right at this point because we don't even have an, an authorized vaccine. We'd have to actually see what the data is and uh, it hasn't been tested in kids. Who would you give it to? Who's most likely to benefit? Not everyone may benefit the same. So there's there's missing data. So it's a fair thing to say, hey, at this point, with what we know, uh, probably not mandating this. But, you know, Chris, there were other points of distinction, though, besides the vaccine. He did talk about masks, for example, and, and brought up this fact that the White House, the, the model that the White House uses themselves, this IHME model, shows that if there was a near universal mask mandate, you could save 100,000 lives. He talked about the idea that the Defense Production Act should have been implemented to, so we have a lot more testing. You know, the idea that people could test, uh, you know, daily like they do at the NBA and other professional sports leagues and things like that. Why isn't that available to the average person? Uh, he, spent, he spent some time also talking about this idea of who knew what when. Did the president, the president knew that this was a deadly virus, far deadlier than a, than a uh, flu virus, and he knew that it was airborne back on February 7th. So what was done about it? So he, he brought up history, and he did bring up this idea of, Defense Production Act for possibly testing and masks, you know, so mm-hmm. aside from the vaccine, these are the points of distinction. It was really very much a commentary about uh, economic health being the priority versus human health being the priority, which is where I think uh, Vice President Biden was sort of, you know, focusing a lot of his comments. Tonight. Right. I think that works on a panel like this. 
But if you're going to be president, you better have a plan to make it happen. Because, you know, walking the walk is hard in government. And I think that's one of the problems. I certainly saw it watching the state of New York trying to deal with the federal government. Remember, I had an unusual inside Mm. view, especially Mm -hmm. early on. And they can say a lot of things. They make very few things happen, even when they say they're trying to, because of how how hard things are when you haven't done them before. Michael, last word to you. At the end of this night, where do you think it leaves us? It's a whiplash evening going back and forth between the channels, no blood drawn. Each side will see in it what they wanted to see and all pressure one week from tonight on the final debate. I like it. And I like you. All of you, thank you very much for being with me tonight. I appreciate it. Let's take a quick breather. When we come back, let's bring in a couple of different voices. Let's bring in Van Jones and Rick Santorum in terms of, because you got intensity here of fringes, right? What is the state of play after tonight. Biden's still going, but it's about to end. Next. Did you test the day of the debate? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember. I test all the time. You say you don't know if you got a test on the day of the debate? I have no problem. Again, the doctors do it. I don't ask them. I I test all the time. And Did you take a test, though, on the day of the debate? You know, if you ask the doctor, they'll give you a perfect answer. But they take a test, and I leave, and I go about my business. So did you take a test on the day of the debate, I guess, Uh, is the bottom line? I probably did, and I took a test the day before and the day before, and I was always in great shape. You were always in great shape until you were in the hospital getting experimental treatments? Let's bring in Van Jones and Rick Santorum. Look, guys, I don't have to tell either of you this. Um, Integrity matters in a president of the United States. You know, and even if you've always been a liar, at some point you got to stop if you want people to believe you're anything more. Rick, we both know that they're playing a BS privacy game with us. They know whether or not he took a test on the day of the debate. They could discover it very quickly and put it out. We know Chris Wallace said that they showed up too late the day of the debate for there to be a test taken there. So they were both on the honor system. He knows the answer to this, Rick. He's not offering it up. Can you be okay with that? Uh, Number one, he should be answering the question. And you're right. It's a knowable thing. And the information can be put out there and it should be put out there. Uh, I think the media's fixation on it is uh, not not surprising, but I don't think it's particularly revealing. I think the, mo- the more important question that's not been answered tonight is, will Joe Biden pack the court? Uh, and he's being completely non-transparent about that. In fact, he's being very deliberately saying that the public doesn't have a right to know that. And and that's that to me is a bigger problem and much more important as to whether the president was positive or not. Look, no one, uh, Joe really? Biden didn't get infected from Donald Trump. Neither neither, neither did the neither did the host. Uh, so let's move on. Oh, so it's okay then. As long as nobody got sick, it doesn't matter that I you exposed no, no, them to coronavirus. Excuse me, I didn't. I didn't. Chris, did you hear what I said? I said, yeah, it's and noble. I think what they you're doing is a hedge of forward, trying to make it not as important as something else no, that you want to talk I'm about. Ju- more. I'm just saying, I don't think it is as important. I don't think it is as important as to whether you're going to fundamentally change the judiciary in this country to make it a yeah, political and it's not as important as if our children with, wake up tomorrow people. morning. But it doesn't mean it doesn't matter, Rick. You know, look, I like talking to you because I expect better out of you than what we're getting from the I president. Didn't, right I now. didn't say it. Did, I didn't. I didn't say it didn't matter. I said he should have answered the question. It's a noble question. He should answer it. But I'm saying the, the, the more mm. significant question is the one that Joe Biden's not answering. All right. You know what? I don't disagree. Um, I, I think, you know, again, I, I think that the, the true answer is and I don't like to have to offer him. He's lying. 
He knows about the test. He doesn't want to offer it up because it's bad information. And that's what he does with everything. And it's symptomatic. That's what I'd like to hear. You didn't say it, but you, you, enough. Uh, so, Van, court packing. I keep getting accused of it being a distraction question. I'm doing the work for the GOP uh, for them only in this bizarro world. Um, is that a kind of accusation that lands these days? But I don't get the reasoning behind not answering the question. Yeah. All he has to say is no. Yeah. Or, you know what? I'm going to hold it over Mitch McConnell's head because if I win, I need to get some judges passed and he's going to try to do to me what he did to Obama. And I'm going to hold this over his head. Let's see how he behaves. Because this time, he's going to pay if he plays dirty. Either answer works. But this answer, yeah. no good. Yeah, a D minus on that answer. Uh, I just, there's, just, there's just no way around it. Um, and now he's put himself in this opposition where he says he's going to wait until some other date. I, I guess what he's saying is that uh, he's holding out some hope that they, they won't uh, nominate this new justice uh, if he continues to play this game. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. And so I think the reality is... Uh, the Democrats are very angry and upset uh, because at every level of the government right now, it feels like it, the deck is kind of stacked against us. Mm -hmm. uh, you, we got two Supreme Court justice seats that we don't feel we're, we're given to Republicans fairly. You feel like the Electoral College stacks the deck against Democrats. You feel like the Senate, Senate's got the filibuster. All these different things, the gerrymandering. There's, so there's so much pent-up frustration that Democrats are feeling that this issue of being able to pack the court has become a teddy bear for a lot of Democrats to hug onto at night, and he doesn't want to take the teddy bear away. But I think he's hurting his own brand by not doing it. I think it's better for him just to come forward and say, that's not my brand of politics, I'm not going to do it, or to your point, say he's, he's, he's going to use it as a bargaining chip. But right now, I think he's hurting his brand. I don't want to paraphrase. Control room, do we I, have I, the Roe v. Wade? Hold on, Rick, just let me see if I have the sound, and then I want, I want to hear what you're going to say. Um, do we have the Roe sure. v. Wade sound yet or no? All right, we're waiting on it. Great. Rick, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just think, you know, I, the, the idea that Democrats are frustrated because of a filibuster rule that's been in place for 120 years or, uh, you know, or, or the Electoral College has been in place since the founding of the country. I mean, those are hard things to be upset about. I, I, mean, about I understand them. you may want to change them. Go ahead, man. The, the, I understand you may want to change them, I'll but the why. reality is uh, those things have been around for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, so they, let's they, discuss. Go they, ahead. Yeah, they, they have been around for a while. The problem that we're having now is, and I think it's dangerous for the country, is you're starting some of these, these protections that were put in the Constitution to make sure that small states weren't run over by the big states, trying to protect, you know, uh, frankly, big, big states, uh, little states from big states. The problem is you now have a demographic problem where the big states also have a whole bunch of people of color. They're big blue states on the coast. And you got a different politics there. And now it's starting to feel, this is not by design, but sometimes you, you, you draw the cards a certain way. All these little red states, when you got Wyoming with 500,000 people, has two senators, and they can filibuster, and California's got 30 million people and only has two, it starts to feel like a rub. And so all I'm saying is, if you want to look at what's going on, I'm not saying, I'm, look, I, I, what I'm saying is, let's look at what's rubbing different people the, the different ways. It's starting to feel like the House is gerrymandered, the Senate is unfair plus a filibuster, the, um, the, the presidency, you've got the Electoral College, uh, you know, the Supreme Court, you've got two stolen seats. You're starting to have a big a problem for Democrats saying, how come every time the unfairness seems to run against us? And that's what Joe Biden's trying to well, manage. Well, that's because it's not true. First off, it's not true. Number one, gerrymandering happens. Look at California. You want to see gerrymandering? How about the state of California? We, we, I mean, we have, you know, let's, let's, let's just be honest. Gerrymandering goes on point. with both People can hear you both. Even, you know, give each and other so, a chance, but get, so, to, get the points in. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so the idea that this is a partisan thing, gerrymandering goes on in both ways. And look, we, we got to go back to the, and realize that, you know, we are a republic and we are a, 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 a group of states and state sovereignty is, is important and, and, and protecting the rights of states sure. so that the federal government doesn't overrun All states right. and basically so create one that's big the theory. national government. That's the theory is for the system. Part of, is an important part of that's our That's the theory system. for the system. It's absolutely put in at the uh, inception. Counterpoint. Yeah, well, my, my point is exactly that. Uh, it, uh, on paper, it's perfectly fine and justifiable, but you're now starting to have a situation where people, I think, are justifiably feeling every single time it's the red states that have, it seem to have the advantage now. And the red states, look, if the red states were, were full of you know, uh, brown people and people of color, we, it would have a different valence. Here's the, the other point, listen, you want to understand what Joe Biden is trying to do. Joe Biden is trying to manage a party. You think our, the Democrats have a cakewalk every day and we're all happy and we should just be... The Democrats don't feel that way. We're looking at the police acting in ways that make no sense. We're looking at a Congress that is not acting to, to help people in the middle of a pandemic. We're looking at a Supreme Court where two seats have been, have been taken away from us and Obama didn't get treated fairly. You're looking at a whole bunch of issues. And so some pent up demand is there for structural reform. That's why you have people saying, like, well, can we have two more states in? If, it's gonna, if you're going to have the Senate work this way, give us Puerto Rico, give us D.C. Do something to relieve the pressure on us. And Biden right. is dancing on that, trying to figure it out. Uh, let's play the Roe v. Wade sound because yeah. I don't have a lot of time, Rick. And this is going to be resonant tonight, especially on your side uh, of the political spectrum. Listen to the president's um, attempt to non-answer Roe v. Wade. Well, again, I'm not ruling on this. And Roe v. Wade is something that a lot of people would say, obviously, you're going to speak to somebody. I, I also, two other great justices, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh. I never spoke to them about Roe v. Wade. I never spoke to them about election laws. I never spoke to them about anything. And I've done the right thing from a moral standpoint. I don't even know from a legal standpoint, but it was the right thing. Uh, I think, depending on what happens with Roe v. Wade, I think that perhaps it could get sent down to the states and the states would decide. I also think perhaps nothing will happen uh, I have not talked to her about it. I think it would be inappropriate to talk to her about it. And some people would say you can talk to her about it. I just think it would be inappropriate. Absolutely nobody would tell you that you should talk to a judge about it. I actually think you should because I think the whole thing is a BS circus. These judges from the left and the right go uh, before I these senators and they tell you nothing. The only one who did was Bork. And that's why he got dinged. I think the whole thing is a joke. But put that to the side. It's the system the way it is right now. Him not answering that question. And, and, it, and well, I think him, not, he answered the question exactly right. I mean, he's, he basically so? said, uh, you know, I'm not, it's, well, I'm not, I don't have a litmus test. I mean, I want, of I course want he does. He said there, many times they're going to get rid of Roe v. Wade. The Federalist Society am, wouldn't put I somebody understand. on their list if they weren't exposed to I, doing that. I, well, I, I think you're going to be surprised, to be honest with you. I think uh, really? Roe v. Wade is probably going to be around for a I member do. I, of look, the I people think these judges, of praise is not going to be against Roe v. Wade. Again, I, this is how Democrats and Republicans look differently at the court. I mean, what Republicans want is not somebody going in there to put their agenda in place. They want someone who's actually going to enforce what the Constitution says as it was intended. That's why we we support textualists and originalists, not not people who go on there with their agenda well, Garland, and, and 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 become a political if, arm. If that so was true, you would love Mary Garland. I don't want my judge to be political. Uh, well, well, no, you just I, want, again, you don't want them that, to be political. You just want them to have situation. all the rulings that your party likes. <laughs>
No, I don't. I want them to follow we're, the Constitution. We're, I think that's that. That's the difference. We're not. I don't want them that, to be political. That, I want them silly. to like, actually right. decide the case, and that's it. Okay. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I, 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 I'm just not even going to respond to that. It's, it's obvious that both parties are trying to get people that, that see the world. It's just, I'm not even going to play that game. What I will say is this. Um, I believe it's I not do, a game from I think from I, conservatives is not hey, a game. You, you, you are one of the most principled conservatives that we have, and I'm not going to argue with you about it. But I'm going to tell you, in the real world, it is very clear which judges vote which way, and there's a reason. There's passion to put her on, and and Merrick Garland was was stopped. For, so, but listen, I just want to just point out something. Um, you had uh, a an opportunity there for Trump to be honest, and he almost took it. He, he said he hadn't talked to her about it. But what, what the deception there? is that he put out a list, even before he ran for president, of a whole bunch of, of judges that met a, lit, a litmus test. And so to pretend that he doesn't have one now, suddenly today, I think is deceptive. And he says it's we're going to pick judges that get rid well, of Roe v. Well, hold on. I talk, Rick, he said it. I, 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 talk, I, talked to Donald, I talked to Donald Trump about that list the few days before he put it out. In fact, we had a very long discussion. We talked about people on that list. And I actually put, uh, you know, suggested a name, which he actually did put on that list. And I can tell you that the, the reason those people are on the list is because they look at the Constitution not as some place that you can try to find new rights and find mm. things to get what like you want to accomplish Like when Scalia found an individual right in the Second Amendment that had never been in the jurisprudence in until 233 that point. Well, that's not, years? Uh, that, look, yeah. Come on, Rick. Uh, uh, that's not you're both true. playing I mean, the same game. Don't I try mean, to pretend you're not. I, that's what the party's can, can I bra- doing. Can I brag no, I mean, on Joe I, Biden for one no, second? I just want can I, can Come I brag on, Rick on, will be quiet for that, so will I. Go okay, ahead. Good. I, I want to brag on I'll, Joe Biden for one sure, second. One second, oh. sure. Easy. <laughs> um, I thought you uh, said rag. Did you say brag? I said brag. Oh, you only have 15 <laughs> seconds in. Go okay, ahead. Good. Now, listen, uh, there, there was a moment in, in the town hall where the, uh, what was happening with transgender women of color came up, and I've never seen a, a presidential candidate uh, at this level address it the way he did. He took it on seriously. There is a real crisis here where transgender women of color are being murdered way out of proportion to anybody else. It's not being discussed, and he took it on aggressively and well. I just want to give him credit for doing that, and I, I wish more people would, would really say, if you love America, you got to love all Americans. I think Joe Biden showed that tonight. You are right. We have seen it. It's not reported on enough either. It is a good point. I'm happy it was brought up, let alone addressed. Van Jones, Rick Santorum, I respect it. I respect all of it, and I thank you for bringing it to my show. I appreciate it. All right, we'll be right back. Thank you. Daniel Dale, fact checker extraordinaire to arm us with some facts about both town halls. What stood out to you, my friend? Again, it was the fact that there was just no comparison, Chris. Biden made scattered false and misleading claims, no doubt. But this was another bombardment of dishonesty from the president. I want to go through some of the things they said. Trump repeated his ridiculous claim that he will always protect people with pre-existing conditions. That is a promise already broken and, and currently being broken. He is in court trying to get rid of all of Obamacare, including those protections with no replacement plan. He said that Obama and Biden didn't even try to get criminal justice reform. They did. In fact, a bill, a bipartisan bill, was blocked in 2016 by Republican Mitch McConnell. Trump rejected host Savannah Guthrie's correct assertion that there's no uh, evidence of widespread fraud with mail voting. He said, do you even read newspapers, watch the news? She was right. He was wrong. The examples he cited tonight are not fraud. He said something he said twice uh, earlier today, and he said the CDC found that 85 percent of people who wear masks get the coronavirus. I'm going to have a piece online on CNN.com about this soon, getting into the details. But that is totally wrong, Chris. The CDC study was 
was not even looking at the percentage of mask wearers who get the virus. He defended a truly bonkers conspiracy theory, as he does, about Obama, SEAL Team 6, and Osama bin Laden, which he retweeted. He said it was mere opinion. No, Chris, it's not a debatable subjective opinion. It's a ridiculous offensive lie. He claimed that 2.2 million deaths were expected in the pandemic. No, that 2.2 million figure, Chris, was for if the government did nothing and no citizen did anything to fight the virus. It was not an expectation. He said again that he's done more for African Americans than any president since Abraham Lincoln. I try not to fact check opinion, but this is just ludicrous. Lyndon Johnson, for one, signed the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. He boasted again about adding a record 11.4 million jobs in the past five months. As always, he did not mention that we lost 22.2 million jobs over the previous two months. He said again that Biden wants to quadruple your taxes. Just know that's that's just wrong, Chris. Uh, And independent analysis uh, found that. And he continued to to say a bunch of other inaccurate things that he said before on the pandemic. He said, we're rounding the turn on the pandemic. He said earlier today, it had peter out. We are experiencing a surge in cases and hospitalizations. Mm. There was no turn happening. Now, as I said, we also did have some false or misleading claims from Biden. I didn't watch that one myself, so I'm relying on the team. I'll go through it further in further detail later. But Biden said that uh, when the first round of enhanced unemployment finished, Trump, he said, didn't do anything. Actually, Trump did do something. He signed an executive measure uh, to take billions in federal disaster aid to give $300 a week to the jobless. So that's certainly something. Mm -hmm. He said that Trump said uh, that people should inject bleach in your arm and that's going to work. Look, Trump did, of course, make weird comments in which he mused about scientists studying the injection of bleach for the virus. That's crazy. But he didn't actually advise people to go do it themselves in that moment. And Biden suggested that his website did not say that the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for environmental action. He didn't explicitly say that, but his website does say it's it's a crucial framework. So that's at least misleading. Daniel Dale, thank you very much. I look forward to even more, but thank you for keeping on the straight and narrow. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.